This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Welcome to the first episode of DSC's Campfire for the year 2023. It's been a long year, 2022, and I'm really looking forward to see what this coming year brings. I've got a lot of hunting plans, got a lot of things I want to try to get accomplished this year, and I'm sure that you probably feel the same way. I'm not big on making resolutions. I, I'm big on trying to get things done and then doing my best to make sure that they actually do get done. Several things still on the books as far as I'm concerned with the 2022 year. Most interesting whitetail year, deer year that I've ever had. I was always at the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time, depending upon your perspective. Hunted harder than I did in the last several years. Had some opportunities to hunt many different places. Struck out on places totally of seeing mature bucks on properties that normally we see quite a few mature bucks. And as you well know, that's generally my criterion is when I'm hunting whitetail deer is I'm hunting for those older bucks that are five, six, seven, or even older than that. Antler development, yes, I like big antlers, no question about it, but I also like venison, and I'm fortunate that the lease that I'm in, I've still got several does there to shoot, so I'm going to be putting quite a bit of venison in the freezer. 
these first few weeks into February of this brand new year. But the year passed, I never saw but one what I consider a good mature buck and saw him over just for a very brief moment. He came in from the backside and we were filming and trying to turn around and guess what? Uh, <laughs> he saw us and he had another buck nearly as big as he took off and, and uh, we didn't get a chance at him. And it's one of those unleft to be done things things because we've got DSC convention coming up this week. I'll be there the entire week and toward the tail end of, of uh, this month, or really actually the middle of this month, I'm going to return to the Hargrove Ranch, which is a, run by Craig and David Archer, two very, very dear friends of mine. We've become close friends over the last several years, and it's where I hunt whitetail and have hunted mule deer the last several years as well, too. That 10 point is still out there based upon what they have seen and what by that I mean that they've actually seen the deer just a few days ago and he's back in his home range and I'm hoping that is typical of whitetail bucks that even when the rut is over or rather when the rut is over they have a tendency to go back to where they spent most of the year because there's generally a food supply there I know there's water nearby there's more than sufficient cover and it's kind of on the edge of the breaks of the uh Double Fork of the Brazos River and very sandy Shinri Oak country. So there's, uh, because of the moisture that they've had, there's quite a bit of green coming up, a lot of filtery, a little bit of what uh, woolly plantain that some people call tallow weed because of all the tallow it used to put on the beef when they started running it on that particular broadleaf forb down in South Texas. But I'm hoping that he's going to be back in that area and, and we'll revisit here uh, that deer or that hunt sometime in the future. With DSC going on, my gracious, there is nothing that compares to the DSC convention. It's called the, the greatest show in the, in the universe, and to me, there's no questioning about it. And hopefully, you'll be able to be there during the time frame this year that is runs from the 5th, 6th, 7th of 8th of January. And, and I know that probably two days after the convention is over with, we'll start planning for 2024. Hard to believe that <laughs> 2024 is coming up that quickly, almost a year from now. And as I've told everybody about 2023 and wishing them the, the happiest in years, I'm telling them all, I hope that when the end comes of the year, when December 31st of 2023 comes around, that you'll reflect upon what you were able to do and what you've done that past year as your best year to date. I used to have an old friend that uh, lived in South Carolina, and his his tagline, if you will, was go make it a good day. And that's kind of what we're hoping to do this year is to go make 2023 the best year that, that I've ever had. I've, I've got hunts planned for whitetail deer and mule deer and pronghorn antelope, maybe an elk or two. And, and uh, I, I can't wait for the for the fall to get here, but we've got a long way to get there. And thankfully, I've got this hunt coming up for uh, this, hopefully this big 10 point there on the Hargrove um, almost immediately after we finish with the uh, DSC convention and from there because we do have the uh, uh, managed land permit the MLDP if you will that on the properties that I lease in in 
out west of San Angelo, Texas. I'm going to spend some time there as well, too. I'm on my allotment, and the allotment is based upon each of us in terms of who's on the lease, uh, divided the total number of does and the total number of bucks that are recommended by the local biologist based upon the survey results, the game survey results that we present. And I'll be very open with you. I still got about seven or eight does need to be taken, and I've got three more bucks that I can take. I can still take a, another management buck, or it can be all three management bucks, and that may be what it is this year. I can take one great big eight-point or nine-point and then one multi-tine deer. And, and the multi-tine bucks that I've seen so far, the 10-point bucks, all were relatively young deer. They were all in the neighborhood of that three- and four-year-old age. And with the kind of antler development year that we had, our antlers are off on a lot of the different age classes, including, I'm sure, some of those medium to young age classes and particularly some of the older age classes as well, too. But uh, so to me, the proper thing to do is to leave those deer, get them another year on them. And we've had a fair amount of late fall rains, winter rains, and it looks like we're set up for an absolutely fantastic spring. Now, one of the things that tickled me about that property that I saw when we did the surveys with the spotlight is we ran about a 65 to 70 percent fawn survival rate. Now, throughout much of Texas, throughout much of the western part of the state, a lot of the properties, if they had a 5 percent fawn crop, they were tickled. Now, that means for every 100 does, or there are five fawns that survived. That being the case with us, we're, we're carrying forth lots of different deer, and we want to make certain that those younger six-month-old and those younger deer that have a great potential in terms of antlers have more than sufficient food to eat. And that's one of the reasons we're taking off the number of does and even the number of bucks. And I know that from a management perspective, the research has shown in recent years that some of the very best antlers were probably coming out of bucks that were maybe not the biggest antlered bucks on the property but they were bred to the to the right doe, if you will. And the right doe to me always means one that uh, knows how to take care of her fawns and produces a lot of milk and also gets those fawns because of that off to a great start. But then two, she is generally in a better healthy condition. So that means she probably knows a lot more about what the primary food items are that she needs to be eating that maybe don't only just taste good, but are actually good for her. So the doe, provides 50% of the genetics as far as a buck's going to look like in the future. But from a, an environmental perspective or a uh, maternal perspective, she carries great weight as far as what her buck fawns will, will do in the future. So we got that to look forward to coming this year. Uh, we, we're going to leave lots of deer there that were in the three, four, and even lower, maybe five-year-old age classes that were a little bit off on antlers this year because of the dry period that we had in the wintertime but when the antlers were growing. But with what we got started for this year in terms of rainfall, there was a tremendous amount of, of native forage there, and particularly, as I mentioned, in terms of, of the little weeds like fillery and, and uh, the uh, uh, tallow weed and then there's a good combination of brush species there as well too so if we can get them through the winter time get them through the rut and almost past rut there now where they can repair very quickly i got a feeling they're going to be some really good antlers there next year so i'm kind of wishing my life away on on several different bucks that i passed up there already in 
I know that they made it based upon the other guys that are on the lease. Kind of had a discussion with them. I said, I think we'll leave this buck, this buck, this buck. Now, I'm one of those that likes to be surprised when you're hunting. But we do have trail cameras up, and those trail cameras are nice in the fact that we can look at them and the photographs, rather, and say, okay, leave this buck alone. He's a young deer. In the future, he's going to be a really nice buck, and let's get another year or so on him before we really kind of put any hunting pressure on him. When it comes to uh, mule deer, I had a great mule deer hunt there on the Hargrove this past year, and that's actually also under a managed land permit thing. And that mule deer season on that property extends all the way through the end of, of January. And I'm going to be there, I think, the middle, latter, the third week probably of, of January, somewhere along and through there. And so there's actually another permit available. And if I see a really good buck, I could... I could take, I've been told by the by the management there on the property that I could take another buck. So going to be there looking for that great big 10 point. And then that, I mean, he's in the 150s, 160s from what Craig and, and uh, David Archer have said. And also from the little bit that I got to see him, I, I just kind of got a glimpse of him. And uh, But to me, he's that 155 to 162 kind of deer somewhere. Absolutely fantastic whitetail as far as I'm concerned. And I think if you pretty much added up the, uh, I've been fortunate in Texas, we have a very rather liberal hunting season, I guess I should say, and bag limit on the license that I carry, I can take up to three bucks and end up shooting about a 13 and a half inch six point there on the cotton ranch over in the eastern part of the state. And then uh, about a week or so ago, I hunted at close to Fort Stockton, which is uh, out in the Trans-Pecos area of Texas on properties that were just picked up by David or Craig and David Archer and went out there to look at it with them and uh, kind of make some recommendations as a wildlife biologist. But then also while I was there, they let me shoot a deer and we came across this ancient old broken horn eight point and uh was able to take him <laughs> unfortunately for the deer and it's he had a broken jaw his jaw was split just past the incisors on his right side so that that jaw was broken and then evidently he'd been in a serious fight and got poked in the chest and his chest and a large sack if you will in front of his uh no, his throat, his brisket it was just filled with criny bacterium. So I'm not sure the deer would have survived. I, I wasn't sure about the uh, the criny, but I could tell he was going downhill and watched him just long enough to, to get a shot and actually ended up using the Mossberg uh, Patriot in 270 uh, top with a Pidgecon, uh here on scope, and, and of course, I'm always shooting Hornady. I, I shoot Hornady because, as their tagline says, accurate, dependable, and deadly. And there's no other reason I can give you other than that. They they're always have done everything that they said they were going to, talking about the, the ammo that I used, and it is indeed very accurate, very deadly, and very dependable. And in the 270, I've been using 145 grain Precision Hunter ELDX. Uh, just an unbelievable bullet and a load as far as I'm concerned. I've used it now on deer and several wild hogs as well, too. 
while I was there in the afternoon before, I drove to about seven hours <laughs> to uh, the ranch at Fort Stockton, got there in time to ride around with Craig Archer just a little bit, look at some of the country. Late that afternoon, we found a coyote that kind of ran in front of the road. We were actually in a vehicle driving from one area to the next, and this coyote stepped out in a sender out there a long way off and started running, and he, he, he gave me a shot. Now, I don't mind shooting coyotes. Uh, that particular property really could stand an increase in fawn survival rate based upon what I saw. And they had kind of a tough year last year as well, too, on fawn survival. So really want to try to do what we can to encourage those fawns to to survive once they hit the ground. The, the deer in, in really good body condition, but uh, the coyotes take a fair number of fawns each year, as, as do bobcats. And there are a few mountain lions in that area, too. We found tracks in the scat pile of a... Uh, I'm assuming it was a pretty good sized cat, probably a great big female, weigh right at that hundred pounds or so. But uh, and she'd not been there too long before we found the sign that she'd been there. So I'm going to go back and hunt with them this year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hunting that property because they too have both mule deer and whitetail. And I've hunted property just to the south of there years ago, the Harkins Ranch, and shot a really nice, very massive. He wasn't really as massive as he looked, but he was one of those that had a kind of flat antlers at the base, and the flatness was pointed toward the side. So when you looked at him head on, it looked like he had about seven-inch bases. He does have about six-inch bases, and he carries that mass quite a way up in there. So I know that there's some really nice kind of mule deer in that area as well, too. And envisioning with with David and uh, Craig and a couple of the guys that were guides there this this past year when they hunted it's just a little bit for mule deer and, and whitetail that told me that uh, when the hunts were over with, they were back to scouting and they found some deer that were in the 150s and 160s. And again, that was during the time frame of, of a relatively poor antler year in terms of growing season. Got that hunt coming up. I'm really excited about that. Of course, to start off with, it's probably going to be pronghorn antelope. Uh, well, let's back off a little bit. I, I say that uh, after hunting my property, I've got of course, turkey hunt coming up this year, and I'm going to try to do a little bit of turkey hunting this year. And then as part of my agreement with uh, with Mossberg, and I have a personal endorsement agreement with Mossberg through Linda Powell to uh, shoot their guns when I can. It's not an exclusive contract or exclusive agreement, but having shot their Patriot now in a couple of different calibers and a couple of different rounds, really like that rifle. Uh, it's lightweight. It handles very fast, very quick. It's extremely accurate. Uh, the trigger is wonderful. Uh, you can adjust it down to about two and a half pounds with uh, you, you yourself, whoever buys a rifle. I, I bought a couple of those rifles in a .30-06 and a .270, and uh, just only I really had a chance to use the .270, but uh, I've got a hunt coming up a little bit later on in the springtime up in Alberta, Alberta, <laughs> up in Alberta for black bear there in Canada. I've hunted Alberta and several of the other provinces up there in the past for black bear, and I'm really looking forward to that hunt. I'm not sure who I was going to be on that hunt with Linda, but I know that she has a, a staff of writers that she, she 
he takes hunting. And uh, both of those guys are dear old friends of many years where we've hunted together in the past or co-hosted TV shows or, or something along those lines. So really looking forward to that hunt. Then, of course, pronghorn antelope hunt coming up as well, too. They'll be going back to New Mexico with Randy Lewis, uh, Randy Lewis Outdoors. I'll tell you what, I, I really had a great time hunting with Randy there in the northern part of New Mexico. And saw a couple of bucks that I could not get onto simply because they were too far or they were right on the edge of the property or there's a little bit of public land in there that's semi-landlocked that you, you can't shoot on because I had a private land permit. Uh, but I saw that one or two bucks, saw those one or two bucks, and that one buck was just phenomenal. It, it's the best pronghorn antelope I've ever seen in terms of mass, in terms of prong length, and just very, very decent length, probably about 16 and a half, maybe 17. They had such a fantastic wet year out there that there was water everywhere. There was a, a hairy grandma or in different grandma type grasses, almost knee deep over that entire 60,000 acres. So I know that those bucks that survived will have just unbelievable nutrition going into this, this coming fall. And that hunt is generally usually in, in August. So I am so excited about that one. Uh, I was able to procure another permit for this year and may have a couple of others. I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear now from Randy to see how many antelope they're going to be allowed to take on that property. And of course, that's going to be based on surveys. And, and once he gets that information, I'll have a better idea. But I know there's enough permits out there to where I'm going to be able to get one. Hunted this past year uh, for the uh, Wyoming one-shot antelope and we talked about that a little bit in the past where I had a, uh, oh gosh, had a limb jump up in front of my rifle barrel and commit suicide. <laughs> I missed the first shot that really counted. And then a little bit later, we found another real nice antelope and I was able to take it. But uh, uh, looking at going back there, but one of the things that I told the uh, Water for Wildlife there in Wyoming that I would donate the uh, rifle that I used, which was really Beautifully Woodstock Ruger number one, uh, going to have their logo emblazoned or engraved on the on the receiver, which is Ruger number one's ideal for that kind of thing. And then I'll do a pronghorn antelope drawing, and we'll put it on the other side, and that will be available for auction at their uh, night their annual fundraiser there in Lander, Wyoming at the, uh, during the time frame of the, of the one shot antelope hunt. And I'll try to get some pictures out before all that happens. And, and all that being said, I just mentioned pictures. One of the things we're doing in January and by the end of February at the very latest is that, uh, in the past, all my almost 150 now podcast episodes have been audio, uh, through H3 White Tail Solutions with Brandon Houston. Uh, Brandon very recently hired uh, editor that, that spent time with a large creative company, creative in the terms of social media, in terms of videos, in terms of short video programs, in short terms of TV programs. And we're going to utilize that gentleman to put together real video as far as my podcast is concerned. And there's even a chance that you'll see this one that way. I'm, I'm not real sure, but I'm really excited about that. It's going to be on Carbon TV. 
And uh, of course, it may be available other places as well, too. I know the audio will continue to be available a lot of different other places as well in, as we move into the future. But I'm really, really excited about that. I mentioned Brandon Houston. Brandon's been on the uh, podcast here with me a time or two in the past and been doing a fair amount of writing about him. And Brandon is a young man who's a wildlife biologist, uh, trained, experienced. He uh, He's decided that he wanted to do a TV show. So I'm going to help him in every possible way that I can and, and including with, with sponsors and, and those kind of things. And I'm very proud to say that we've got DSC and Hornady and Trigicon and Taurus and Mossberg, same group of people that I work with that are going to be sponsoring the TV show, which is going to be a, in a digital format. It's going to be called The Journey, properly more more properly, probably DSC's The Journey. And it too will be on Carbon TV. Now, this is going to be an adventure series that has lots of conservation in it. Both uh, Brandon and I, being wildlife biologists, we're going to take that opportunity to, in a most entertaining manner, <laughs> rather than beating people over the head with, with information, we're going to have a fair amount of things that is relative to wildlife conservation, meaning the wise use and wise management use of the habitat and the animals. So we'll cover everything from vegetation to little management techniques to things that we've learned to be kind of shortcuts that help people produce bigger and better wildlife through habitat. Um, yes, there is some supplemental feeding that will happen on some of the properties. But, you know, years ago, I got asked by, uh, I was in, in, in Iowa, actually, and a guy that I was hunting with goes, he said, Larry, he said, how's it that y'all feed supplemental feed? He said, we don't do that. And we were standing right in the middle of a cornfield overlooking alfalfa and milo and soybeans. And I kind of looked around. I said, what's all this crop out here? And he says, well, it's corn, milo, alfalfa, soybeans, and a few other things. And I says, well, what do you do with it? He says, well, what the deer don't eat? He said, and what we don't leave in the field for the wildlife, he says, we sell. And I said, yep, you're right. You sell it, and you guess where it goes? It comes to Texas, and we turn it into a pellet, and we put it out for the animals. And I said, it's still a very natural product. You have the ability, because of rainfall and soil, to and weather to produce a lots of forage. Some of the areas that we deal with in Texas, we don't have that opportunity. There is very rocky soil, sometimes very little soil. Rainfall is very sporadic. We're prone to droughts. And had we the same opportunity in terms of rainfall and soil as the people in the Midwest do or in other parts of the, the U.S. and beyond, you know, we'd be doing the same thing. I'd much rather have an animal eat a live plant than to have it processed and, and put out. But so there, there's some places that there may be some supplementation going on, but it's true supplementation. It's not it's not a feedlot situation where we're putting them in a, in a pen and, and um, kind of force feeding them kind of thing. So but all that being the case, we're, we'll look at all kinds of different management programs. We've got some hunts set up in Mexico and different places. Most all the hunts we do will be purely, purely free range. They'll all be free range, but purely, purely 
natural in terms of the animals that are there. there. There's not any importation of animals. Maybe some exotics down the way. We may hunt access deer, which has kind of become a naturalized citizen here in, in Texas and some of those other species that roam around freely. And and uh, But it'll all be free range. It'll all be real world. It's just like the, the property that I lease. We have an 8,000 acre lease. There is a little bit of corn being fed during the hunting season as bait so that we can take the proper number of does that we need to, or somebody can actually get a chance to look at a deer long enough to determine whether or not it's it's the right deer to take, right being age compared to antlers and body size kind of thing. So, uh, but it's all, it's all natural vegetation other than that. So kind of going to be the same way with the journey, but I'm really excited about that to, to be involved with, with Brandon there for years. Of course, I had all kinds of TV shows and hosted and co-hosted and for the longest time owned uh, Trailing the Hunter's Moon, which at that time was one of the top rated shows that we were, I was involved with it. But and very proud of, of, of that show and what I was able to accomplish there and in uh, the years that I had it. Uh, still going to be doing some things with, of course, Luke Clayton and Jeff Rice with A Sportsman's Life, which is also a weekly which is also a weekly TV show found on Carbon TV. Now, I mentioned Carbon TV for a bunch of other reasons. We'll have my podcast there in a, in a visual, have two TV shows there. I do a lot of blogs every month and usually have a minimum of two new blogs that come out and they're going to be available there as well, too. And then uh, TV show, podcast, blogs, you know, just a little bit of everything. Carbon TV is such a great, great platform for the things that we do and the things that we love. And if, if you're not already, already a, a part of it in terms of it's free, all you got to do is sign up for it. And then you've got you can look at the, the footage that's there. There's some things that are going on live all the time uh, to where there's just a camera set up and you can see what's going on wherever that property is. There are shows that have uh, been broadcast in the past that are there and there's more and more new shows coming there as well too of course the the the, the blogs and also the, the the new podcasts that they're doing so great great platform and as i said both uh everything i do seems to seems to be going to be an appearing there kind of thing among other places as well too but that's kind of the primary source that uh you'll be able to find the things that i've, I've done in the past and and uh, some of the things we're doing right now as well too so that's all coming up this new year. That's truly exciting in, in so many different ways. And I mentioned pronghorn antelope. Looking at an elk hunter, too, this year as well, too. It's been a while, other than about two years ago now, that I had an opportunity to hunt the Mescalero Apache Reservation. But we've got some other elk hunts that we're looking at. And I dearly love mule deer. Uh, to me, uh, I've made my lifetime living, if you will, pretty much on white-tailed deer. But... I love whitetail deer, but there's something special about a big old mule deer, and I love the habitat and the terrain that they're in, and I think that has as much to do with it as anything. The size of antlers, absolutely. To me, there's no more impressive animal in North America than a great big 30-inch wide mule deer with deep back forks and long front tines, and he's standing on a ridge, and when he turns his head, he doesn't turn his head. It's the world revolves around him, below him kind of thing. So absolutely, I hope one of these days to actually even put a real tag on one of my personal hunting tags on a deer like that but uh 
Got so many great things coming up this year. We'll do a little bit of fishing. Of course, I love to gar fish, and we'll come back and do some more of that with Chris Moody in the future. And Luke Clayton and I have got a bunch of things going on, too. And as you're aware, Luke and I do a radio show. Have been doing it now for about, good gosh, 15, 16 maybe at least 15 years every every Saturday it's released and of course now on the internet it's released but it's just uh, Luke Layton Outdoors and it's Campfire Talk with, with uh, Larry Weiss and a segment in that usually the first segment runs for about 15 minutes and we're on a whole bunch of radio stations from Nebraska down through uh, eastern New Mexico all of Texas a lot of Oklahoma Arkansas Louisiana but you can also always listen to it at catfishradio.org catfishradio.org is, is a place to listen to to us and you can get in touch with me as there there as well too now 83 whitetail solutions has got its own website and uh of course, also, uh, uh, we now have the journey will be a new website as well, too. And, and a lot of the things I'm going to do can, will appear there as well, too, uh, particularly some of the writing and, and some of the uh, these podcast episodes as well, too, be a great source to go to and, and, and a great way to get in touch with me. And you can always do that. You can, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to uh, Facebook and go to uh, Larry Weissoon public uh, page, or you can go to Instagram and there it's at Larry Weissoon and, and get messages to me and private message me. And if I'm anywhere around where I can respond or I've got email or I've got any kind of internet service, I will get back with you. And that's one promise I will make. If I don't get back with you right away, it's simply because I hadn't called message yet or I'm somewhere where there is no internet and there's good to that and there's bad to that. It gets me away from things for a little bit, but then when I come home, I'm going, oh my gosh, now I'm going to play catch up. But you'll send me anything. I will do my very level best to to respond to you no matter what the question is or the comment is as i said got lots of many great things coming up this year the new video as far as this blog is concerned or this uh, podcast is concerned lots of blogs lots of magazine articles for like north american whitetail hunter north american outdoorsman uh numerous others got sporting classics of course luke and us as i say too luke and i also do a uh, weekly podcast on Sporting Classics Daily, and, and uh, which is absolutely a blast as far as I'm concerned. We cover everything from hunting to fishing there as well, too. And generally things that we don't cover, that I don't cover here through this particular podcast. But Luke Clayton is such a great storyteller and such a fount of knowledge when it comes to so many different things, including outdoor cooking. And I lean very heavily on him for that, too. Uh, to where I can learn more because I love to cook as well too almost as much as I like to eat but uh, you know with, with the 2023 here there's so many great things ahead I've given you some of the things that, that I've got planned and some of the things that we're going to be doing and I'd love to hear about what you got going on for 2023 and in terms of hunting or fishing and in the outdoors and uh, you know maybe you're going to buy a brand new piece of land this year maybe you got some land you want to sell and buy some some other land so if, if you're in the market or buying or selling of course Hayden Outdoors is who you want to get in touch with uh, and then if you're not a member of DSC, of the Dallas Safari Club, don't let the safari term turn you off because 
of our many members, there's only a small portion of them that have ever been on safari or will ever go on a safari in the terms of what most, most people think, because safari is, is simply an adventure. It's a Swahili word for adventure or a trip, uh, for a walkabout, if you will. And we, most of our members are deer hunters, they're quail hunters, they're squirrel hunters, or rabbit hunters. Yes, some of them hunt abroad, but very few of them really do. And you get right down to it about, out of the total numbers. And so it's an absolutely great organization. Very small staff. They put their money where their mouth is. So many things that occur to protect hunting, not only abroad, but particularly here in the States. There are other organizations that jump on the band. We said, we did this. We did this. Well, when you really did the homework, if you did the homework, you'd find out that a lot of that was done by DSC and the small staff that we have. Uh, our guys are just the best in the world, and but they're not glory seekers, and they're not out there to, to try to take the credit for everything that happens. And very seldom do they ever even get credit for the things that do happen. But I can assure you from, from having been involved with that organization for a long time and good Lord willing for a few more years, that is the finest organization in the world. And of course, as I mentioned, the convention is going on this week, uh, January 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. If you can't make it this year, start planning for next year. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to B-I-G-G-A-M-E dot O-R-G. Look forward to catching up with you next week. And uh, we'll have some, hopefully, some real hunting things we can talk about and, and bring you up to date on some of the hunts that I've been on where we had both success in terms of taking animals or just success in having an absolutely fantastic camping and visit with friends. Look forward to catching you around the campfire right back here next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors. Through the Blackwater Bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.